My prayer this morning, Father, is a simple one, that you would give me a heart for your word and a word for our hearts. Amen. I know this is a silly question. Are you ready? Are you ready for Christmas? Now, I'll tell you that tubs were pulled up from our basement, and, uh, well, George and Dada visited us. Our basement is not attached to our house. You have to go outside, down the stairs, and in the basement and up. I asked for a Batman pole. I was denied that request. I thought that'd be great to just hop on the pole and slide down, but then I was reminded, how would you get back up? So, you have to go out and down, and, and uh, Vicky has... She decorates. She makes our house a home, and she decorates. We got, um, oh, Boyd's Bear figurines, and she changes the wall hangings. And I mean, she is, we haven't even gotten to the tree yet. We are preparing. And one of the things we talked about is trees. I love a live tree. I am deathly allergic to live trees. If we have a live tree in our house, I'm going to have pneumonia. It's guaranteed. The mold in the pollen will will give me double pneumonia. And I've sung Handel's Messiah with double pneumonia because I was the tenor and I signed the contract and I don't like it. So we have an artificial tree and we were lamenting over that. And then we started talking about Christmas specials. and, And is there something you need to watch on Christmas or before Christmas? Is there a movie, a special, that makes it special for you? This is, this is the part where you talk back. Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. I love it. Can't show that at school because Linus quotes the scripture in the middle. I can watch Halloween, Great Pumpkin. I can watch Thanksgiving, but I can't watch Charlie Brown Christmas. Anyone else? Charlie Brown is one? Yeah. It's a wonderful life. Gotta watch it with Jimmy Stewart. Oh, yeah. Anyone else? What, what, what do you watch? Is there a special? White Christmas. Yes. Um, Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye. Rosemary Clooney. What a voice. I need to watch Holiday Inn, which is the, the movie where the song White Christmas was actually written for. We watched that last, or I watched that last night while Vicki buzzed around and decorated. She likes Pray for this woman, the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, where Santa falls off the roof and Tim Allen becomes the new Santa Claus. I worry about that girl. (laughs) Anybody else? Does Rudolph, are you looking for Rudolph? Frosty? Oh, yes? Sure. Okay. That was yours? Wonderful. Anyone else? There you go. Are you going to see Chevy Chase today? You know, he's going to be over at Harbaugh Village. Anyone else? Last call. Now, I argue with Vicky. I like Serendipity. I don't know if you've ever seen that one with, oh, can't remember his name. I think it's John Cusack. Or I like Love Actually which happens around Christmas, but it's not exactly a Christmas movie. But if you talk to most people, they have a a special that they have to watch somewhere leading up to Christmas. 
And what's sad is very few of them have anything to do with the real meaning of Christmas. Who doesn't like a good Hallmark movie? There's no bad words. There's no naked women. They don't wake up together and have orange juice and French toast for breakfast. They're clean. They're wholesome. And they have them every day from now until Christmas. They started right back around Thanksgiving. And not one of them mentions the reason for the season. Why do we have Christmas? We have Christmas because God sent his only son, Jesus, as a human being to grow up and die on the cross for us. I just finished a book by W. Lee Warren. and It's called I See the End of You. He's a neurosurgeon, and when he looks at somebody's MRI and he sees a particular brain tumor called a gliomastoma, he knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that that person will die. And he even knows what their death is going to look like and the stages they're going to go through. And he struggles with how do I treat these people and let them have hope and faith when I know exactly what's going to happen in 15 to 18 months. Well, God looked at each one of us and he said, I see the end of you. Without the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And last week we read about the sheep and the goats and the goats were sent to a place prepared not for the goats, for the devil and his angels. God never wanted any of us to go to hell. He saw the end of us And unlike Dr. Warren, he knew how to fix it. He knew how to heal. He knew how to deliver. He knew how to make us whole again. But the only way to do that was to send his son to die for us. Now, I need you to know that Jesus' birth was not significant to the early church. In fact, this whole celebration of Christmas and Advent didn't happen until close to 300 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, Luke gives us the birth narrative. He's got the most information. He's got angels and shepherds and all of that. Matthew gives us some. John starts with the prelude, right? Uh, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Mark starts with John the Baptist. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his ways straight. So then why are we reading Mark in Advent? Well, you may or may not know that there's a lectionary. There's a selection of passages that pastors have the opportunity to choose from, and I use it because it keeps you honest. You have to work your way through all of the Gospels in a three-year setting. Now, chronologically, I want you to hear this. John the Baptist was only six months older than Jesus. You have to do a little mathematics, but Luke tells us about uh, the angel talking to Zechariah. You remember? Zechariah is made mute. He's not allowed to talk until John is born. Then the angel visits Mary and says, you're going to be great with child. And then Mary, when she begins to show, goes to visit Elizabeth. And you remember, John the Baptist leaps in her womb because he feels the presence of Jesus nearby. So they were both 
in the womb at the same time. John was just about six months ahead. Now, I worked with a pastor once who was literally, literally three months older than me. And he used to remind me often that I need to listen to my elders. Well, that's about where John the Baptist and Jesus are. Now, if you've ever seen the musical Godspell, which is one of my favorites, it begins with John the Baptist in a darkened theater. John the Baptist is in the back. We don't know he's there. And he's got a shofar. Now, they used to heat a ram's horn, and they would bend it until it was close to strength. And it sounds a bit like a baritone or a trombone. And you play it pretty much one note, and you do what we call in music tonguing. So at the back of the theater, the darkened theater, completely quiet, you hear... Did I get you? <laughs> That's the point. Wake up. And then what does John the Baptist sing? Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. That's his whole song. And he just sings it over and over. And as he comes down the aisle, the disciples have been planted in the audience, I always call them the congregation, but in the audience, and he's got a bucket and a sponge, and he baptizes them, and they come out, and they're the actors in the show. I've got to tell you, sometimes I wish by accident he would pick me. <laughs> anyway, that's the message that we're getting, is God saw the end of us, and he sent Jesus. But before he sent Jesus, he sent John the Baptist to get us ready. John prepared the hearts of the people by calling for repentance. So now, what do we look for during the Advent season? And I'm going to be a little harsh. We're looking for gift ideas. We're looking for special sales and discounts. We're looking for time with family and friends. And sometimes we're looking for ways to avoid time with family and friends. We're looking for new recipes and we're looking for time because we need time to shop and to wrap and to bake, and to sing, and to decorate, and to watch movies and specials. And uh, it looks like I wrote party collapse. Oh, to party, and then to collapse. That's what I wrote. Is there any time for Jesus in your preparations? That's what John calls us to. To get prepared, we need to make time for Jesus. And the world is shouting and singing so loudly that sometimes we cannot hear the voice of God. Oh, we like the good feelings from the Hallmark movie or, or when we hear Dickens tell us the story of Scrooge or a happy surprise. Oh, I had two, uh, two clients this week, married together, a couple, talking about the wow gift and how what they look for at Christmas is that one gift that makes them go Wow. And I wanted to say, you already got it. The wow gift has already been given. So John reminds us that Jesus is coming. And John reminds us that we need to prepare. And John reminds us that there's a message to be shared. Jesus came. Jesus died. Jesus rose. Jesus is coming again. And my fear is 
that Jesus is going to return to a church that's empty because we didn't prepare or to a church that gives, that goes through the motions but doesn't have the love of Jesus. I heard this story and I want to share it with you and this is, this is how I'd like to talk about the end of this sermon. We are too much like the proud mother, interesting enough, named Mary. And Mary was trying to get her son ready for the church's annual Christmas pageant. She was certain that the whole church clamored for six-year-old Billy's great talent. And she looked forward to teaching him Joseph's part. But he was only selected to play a wise man. She decided he would be the best-looking wise man at the pageant. And though she had an impossible Christmas schedule, Mary frantically finished the costume and complete with a bushy, fake, furry beard. The pageant was magnificent, especially Billy, especially all the beautiful carols the children sang, and Mary praised Billy to the stars for singing them all. Then the director announced that they were going to establish a new wardrobe closet for costumes that would be accumulated for further pageants. And would the children donate their costume? And Mary urged Billy to donate his. And he did, except for the beard, which he continued to wear. Pressing him to hurry so they could go on to the next thing on their schedule, he refused to give up the beard. And Mary finally said, why, Billy? Mom, said Billy, you know the songs in the pageant? I never learned them. And with the beard on, I could just move my mouth, and nobody knew. And Mary said, thinking of her busy, meaningless schedule, that was when it hit me that I was going through the motions of Christmas, and I didn't know the song. Do you know the song? Years ago, I was the paid soloist at a church. They had soprano, alto, tenor, basses, and they had two on some of the parts. So there were sometimes six or eight soloists paid at the church. But come every Christmas Eve, when it came time to pick who was going to sing Oh Holy Night, the pastor would pick the tenor. And I got to tell you that it created some strife in the choir, tension. Why does he always pick the tenor? And it got so bad that the pastor had to come and talk to the choir. And this is what he said. You all sing it beautifully. Doc knows what it means. Take time in your busy schedule of preparing and prepare for Jesus' birth. Here's some quick ideas. Pick a card that transcends happy holidays. Be brave and send one that actually mentions why we celebrate Christmas. And maybe write the person a note to come join us at 7 o'clock on Christmas Eve. Carol with the traditional songs. I don't know about you, but I'm getting tired already of all of the wonderful songs about snow and trees and snowmen and lost loves returning. I want to sing about Jesus. Call a friend, call a, member, a family member that have no church home and invite them to come and hear the good news. 
take off the beard and sing the song. Amen.